the investment or mm. consumption, but actually through this cryptocurrency. Secondly, is there, I think is the government still want to push forward the the digital uh, R&D, uh, the DCEP. Uh, so so that become a competition, I think, uh, for 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 the government's agenda. Uh, right now, the DCEP is uh, uh, extending uh, healthy uh, around the country, but it's only for a very small amount, like 4,000 RMB uh, daily for consumption. So, but uh, I think the government still has a bigger initiative to to uh, to push uh, this DCEP uh, to a bigger percentage of uh, uh, daily usage for for the Chinese citizens. Okay, so, yeah, and the currency. Yeah. Yep. Th- thanks very much. Sadly, we've run out of time. Love to hear more of your thoughts. We'll do that yep. again soon. That's Yan and Wu, Chairman yep. of Zheng Rongbao. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Around uh, Asian markets, first of all in Australia, the SX200 up two thirds of a percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan uh, is flat at the moment. The Cosby in South Korea is also flat. Uh, futures markets indicating a decline of about 100 points for the Hang Seng at the open. Brent crude oil is about 1% firmer at the moment, trading at $78.88 a barrel. And gold is at $1,754 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Let me give you a quick update on the weather forecast for today. Mainly fine and hot. Maximum temperature going to be around 32 degrees. The outlook is for it to be mainly fine and very hot in the next few days. Stay tuned for Back Chats. Coming up with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse in just one moment. 8.31 and a half. Here's Barry O'Rourke with the Half Hour News. A political analyst says the decision by the Democratic Party not to take a vote over contesting LegCo polls was a shrewd strategy. Yesterday, the party's chairman said members decided there was no need to vote, as no one was intending to run in the elections. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong said political parties should disband if they can't accept the new electoral rules that ensure only patriots stand in elections. Professor John Burns from the University of Hong Kong said the Democrats' decision showed they did accept the new rules. This is a very shrewd strategy. Remember, there have been threats by the authorities that if the Democratic Party boycotted, organized some kind of effort to encourage people not to vote or something like that, they would be charged with subversion. So I'm not at all surprised that they've adopted this attitude. And this attitude actually indicates that they do accept these changes. They said they're waiting to see if there would be any Democratic Party members uh, sign up for the election. There's uncertainty for the offshore creditors of Evergrande today. The cash-strapped mainland property developer failed to make an 83.5 million US dollar payment on Friday on its offshore bond. Another 47.5 million dollar payment is due later this week. At least two provinces have taken control of revenues from off-plan sales to ensure the money is used to complete housing projects rather than pay creditors. Alex Wong, the Director of Asset Management at Ample Capital, says the market will be closely watching next month's home sales figures on the mainland. He was speaking on RTHK's Money Talk programme. Evergrande actually is a highly publicised uh, crisis. So this, this may affect uh, those uh, home buyers. And so we need to see whether we have a good sales in the residential markets uh, in China uh, uh, in October. Because uh, this is a traditional good month uh, for uh, home sales. So we need to see whether other developers uh, get dragged down as well. Because we need to have a good uh, home sales market uh, in China to sustain the economy. 
The centre-left Social Democrats are on course for a narrow victory in parliamentary elections in Germany, but they'll need to build a coalition to form the next government to replace the administration led by Angela Merkel. The Social Democrat candidate, Olaf Scholz, said the country had voted for change. This will be a very long election night, that is for sure. But what is also certain is that many voters voted for the SPD and they wanted a change in government. And they wanted that the next chancellor of this country is Olaf Scholz. The Social Democrats haven't led a German government since 2005. And officials in the Philippines say a magnitude 5.7 earthquake struck south of Manila early this morning at a depth of 74 kilometres. The Philippine Institute of Volcanology and Seismology warned that aftershocks and damage could be expected. There were no reports of damage or casualties. More news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme for our main topic, we're talking about the future of the Democratic Party. It had been due to decide yesterday on whether or not to field candidates in the LegCo elections in December, but instead it stopped short of making a decision with the chairman, Lokin Hay, saying members had decided that it wasn't necessary to take a vote on the issue as no one from the party had expressed an intention to stand in the elections. He said the party would ask members who are interested in joining the polls to notify its central committee and if potential candidates did come forward then another meeting would be held for members to question them and decide whether they could represent the party and take part in the election. We'll be exploring this development uh, with our guests this morning and after 9.15 we'll switch track when we're joined by environmentalist Paul Zimmerman to talk about recycling plastic bottles. You can get in touch with us on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us, 233 is the number. We're joined uh, now on the line by uh, Fred Lee, who's a former Democratic Party lawmaker, and also Christine Lowe, former Undersecretary for the Environment and also a former legislator. Um, Fred Lee, perhaps if we can start with you. Um, you've been very insistent that the Democratic Party should take part in the December elections. Uh, how do you view um, the, the events of yesterday? I was quite, uh, quite a, a little bit surprised because... Uh, as I said in the, uh, to the press, that I uh, didn't uh, lobby my party members, you know, to support my uh, position. And uh, since uh, I'm the minority in the party, as, uh, so far as I heard from the other party members' comment, especially the younger members, and quite uh, surprisingly, it's quite a number of uh, party members, they, they, they spoke yesterday in the, in, in the, in the meeting that uh, they share my opinion uh, that I didn't really aware. And uh, as I said, I, I did give my speech yesterday, and um, I also emphasized that uh, even though the party chairman say, you know, that so far nobody indicates their wish to, uh, to run the election, electrical uh, election, I mean, and so, uh, so that, that's, that's the uh, most update situation. But I, I point out that um, in the past, 
every time before the election, we have a step-by-step, you know, nomination procedure, and we didn't go through that procedure, and then we jumped to the conclusion that we, whether we should run, I think that we, we are missing something very important. So, um, and I quite a lot of members also point out that uh, maybe we should go through the procedure first, and then we have another, you know, EGM uh, to finalize the nomination as as before, the same practice. So, um, so finally, the, someone moved a motion that uh, the, all the issues, you know, uh, handed over to the central committee, mem- uh, and then let them, you know, very quickly to uh, follow up and then come back with nomination procedure and then let the EGM, you know, finally uh, approve anyone if interested running the election. I think that's really proper, much proper than I, as I thought. If Fred, good morning. Isn't, yes. this, isn't this a bit upside down? A political party exists to influence political affairs, political matters. Um, an election is the biggest event on on that on that plane of activity. You would expect a political party to nominate candidates. A decision not to do so um, is almost abdication. Um, I, I'm, I'm much more agree. I, I'm, I'm not, I can't agree more with you. You know, I, as I said to the press this uh, in the past few days. Uh, as a political party, if no one running the election, especially the high level, you know, the LACHCO, you know, and now district council is really uh, almost invisible in the political arena. Mm. And uh, LACHCO is the only place that you can voice up your political platform, you know, serving the people, reflect the people's opinion. And if nobody run, if the party decided not to run, as I said, you know, I I I'm, I I will very likely to uh, quit the party, although I'm the founder of the party. But uh, but yesterday it didn't go through like this, so right. I, I'm quite surprised, and I'm happy with that. Because the counter argument is that the political reform package is so disappointing that yeah. that you by taking part you would be legitimising it. If we are not taking part, you know, we just withdraw from any political arena, and that's also not healthy at all. And I, I, I myself also criticize, this is a really backward, you know, <clears throat> really it's not a, not, not a good reform. I, I still, you know, uphold this position. But having said that, uh, what can we do? You know, this is the reality. And uh, mainland China, the, the Communist Party now really strongly you know, control Hong Kong. The one, one country, two system is being threatened, you know, and, and we, we should we see, uphold, you know, the, the, the last ground if we have, you know, to fight for the people of Hong Kong. Okay, uh, Christine Lowe, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. What? How nice to be on the uh, same program uh, as my old friend Fred. Right, right. You know, us, uh, us oldies, you know, in the, uh, in the political arena. Yeah, you, you are, of course, a, a former legislator yourself. Um, what do you think of the Democratic Party's decision or, or actually uh, non-decision yesterday? Well, uh, I mean, let me put this problem that we have uh, uh, perhaps, perhaps from four different perspectives. 
and I'm really speaking as an analyst because, you know, I'm not in uh, active politics. I think, number one, the Democratic Party has decided to keep its option open. I mean, that's effectively what it has done. So uh, it is possible, presumably, for uh, a member or members to come forward and say, well, you know, we, we, we would like to uh, seek the backing of the party and we're going to run. Or, you know, they could say, I'm going to run as an individual. Um, now, the, the second that follows from there is um, people in political parties uh, today, uh, including actually the ones that are in the pro-establishment uh, camp, need to understand that we're perhaps going back to a previous time of before 1997 um, because, because there was going to be election at, in the run-up to 1997 and immediately afterwards it was really about building up parties because we need parties as election machinery. But we're going back to a time where individuals can do well as a politician under the current structure. So the, the question that existing parties have is how are they going to evolve? Not so much from the perspective of whether we like China or we, you know, we agree with what Beijing is doing or we're not. Um, the fact is the ground has changed. Then thirdly is if you are uh, a politician, you don't have to be in a political party to actually do quite well in the current, you know, in the current system. But if you are going to hold people together in some kind of grouping, um, what it is that you're going to do to have influence, right, which is what polit politicians want. And then I think lastly, uh, from the perspective of a voter, um, you know, you're going to be much more interested in the future in perhaps looking at the individuals, the quality of the individuals, than necessarily the parties. Mm. OK, uh, thanks. We're also joined this morning by uh, Regina Yip, uh, lawmaker, member of the Executive Council as well, and chairwoman of the New People's Party. Good morning to you. Good morning. So from, morning. Your, from your perspective, uh, what do you think about the Democratic Party's decision? I think they dodged the bullet mm. and um, they passed the buck to the individual members because I, I think from TV, Chairman Lo Kin Hei said that... Uh, it shouldn't be the party that make all the decisions for the members. The members should take some responsibility. I think that is a fair point. So they are going to set up some threshold or criteria, you know. Um, I think that is a, a good thing. They sh the party should not take away the members' uh, um, opportunity to participate. They are leaving room for individual members to take part in the upcoming elections without resigning. I think that is a good thing. And I wish to stress that as a political party going to take part in the upcoming elections, we welcome competition. And I'm sure we will continue to have different forms of competition and opposition in LegCo. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Regina. The speculation beforehand was that uh, even if the party decided as a party not to field candidates, some of the young Turks might bolt the party and run anyway. Mm. So in a way, Sunday's decision or non-decision um, keeps a lid on that, doesn't it? Well, but if the, um, the young Turks run as individual party members, uh, right. candidates, and the Democratic Party is not represented, they won't, it's very hard for it to come back four years from now. Right. You know, 
what what will the voters think? The voters will will think that they are no longer participating in the new form of politics. But, you know, I've been in politics thirteen years, Mike. Yes. You have not. You know, right. you'll be forgotten if you are out of sight and out of mind. Right. But uh, on the other hand, of course, this does uh, is a formula that allows individuals to come forward and say. I want to run, and I want to run as a member of the Democratic Party. Will you they, accept They this? have not rejected that. Right. You know, they, they, have, they have dodged this issue for now. You know, and I think they're continuing to listen to more rational voices, because if they really rule themselves out, what will Beijing think? Mm -hmm. will, uh, Beijing will look at that as a rejection of the uh, constitutional reality. That will do them no good at all. What, and not, not fair to the young members. Right. What do you think about uh, Ronnie Tong's argument that uh, the party should uh, dissolve if it doesn't stand in the election? Well, I think it's for the party to decide. But if a party doesn't stand for election, you know, it will be forgotten. Mm. There'll be other mm. forces that emerge and take over their position. Mm. Uh, Christine Lowe? Oh, I agree with Regina. I mean, this is what I'm trying to say. The ground has changed, whether you like it or not. Um, and I think the Democratic Party was not able to take uh, a decision either way, so it's keeping its option open. And this is probably the best position that it can take since it's not ready to say we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to participate or we're not going to participate. But, I mean, as I said, you know, Regina is right. Uh, that uh, if you don't run in elections, if you stay away, you're just an NGO. You're just like any other community group. So I think for people who are interested in politics, one option, is if, if you're with a particular group, is what you're going to do. Another one is uh, it, it, what we have today is going back to something in the past where an individual can be quite influential in this system. Fred, what do you think of the point that... Uh if they don't run this time, uh, any candidates under the banner, in, f in three, four years' time, no one will remember the Democratic Party. It seems you should, you should the Radio Hong Kong should invite Lord Kinhe to come to this part. He, he's <laughs> coming. Yeah, he's rather than he, me, yeah. because I, I seem to have no much, no much con uh, difference from, from the other two speakers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll, be, he'll be on after nine o'clock. Yeah, 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 because because oh. uh, I, as I said, you know, as a political party, you you will lose your basic function and you'll become invisible if you have nobody in the, in a political platform like Lechko. And uh, even though maybe one or two members as opposition in in Lechko, you still have your own style of uh, performing. You know, uh, you you won't be you'll be quite visible if if only one or two actually. The media will somehow, I think, if they want to some have some balance, will and uh, they will turn to these two, one or two uh, opposition. Mm -hmm. from, from your knowledge of the members, can you see any of them putting their hands up and saying, "Yes, mm -hmm. I'd like mm -hmm. to run"? Mike, yesterday, actually, two members, two members, you know, openly spoke. If nobody run, I will think I will run. So that's why after, you know, these two members, you know, uh, telling the meeting attendance, then uh, the sh there's a shift. Then, oh, it's not really nobody run. It's, it, uh, if nobody really run, then some members 
may come up and say, I will run. So let everybody have a chance right. to, you know, to, for, for the nomination process. Uh, oh, are we, Fred, are we talking oh, only geographic yeah, constituency or also yeah, yeah, uh, functional? Yeah, geographical. I, I don't think you can go for functional and even, you know, the election committee. No way for Democratic Party as opposition to run in that two constituency. Hmm. So it's just geographic. So, of yeah, course, yeah, there's for sure, for sure. 10 constituencies, 20 members. It, it, if, you, if you ran on, on the traditional percentages, someone vaguely democratic should be elected in each of the 10. That's the logic, okay? Right. But somehow the, the support of pan-democrats, they also you know, may, may boycott the election. They don't come up for election. Yes, like, it, like you see in Macau, the turning rate will drop, and uh, and and the white and the white, you know, vote right. increase a lot. I think I think that will be the support of pan-democrats too. Christine, do you think it doesn't have to be a, a an organised boycott? It just means individuals on that Sunday stay home. Oh, I mean, you know, I think voters. This will be a new experience for the voters as well, um, where. You know, you could stay away if you don't want to vote. You could go spoil your ballot just to make a protest. Um, you could go for someone that you... You could go for an individual uh, who's attractive to you. Um, and if there are no democratic parties there, right, if there's no one with, with kind of liberal views there, um, then there is no one to vote for. You go spoil your ballot. Hmm. I mean, that's not very positive. This is not what I'm promoting, right? I'm, I'm just saying that individuals who are interested in politics, people who are already in some political party, uh, and ambitious politi you know, potential politicians, as well as the voters. Everybody needs to think about the ground having changed and how they're going to deal with it. So this is a very interesting development, Landy. It, the issue has been thrown back to individuals who are associated with the Democratic Party, and after them it will be thrown back to individual voters. Well, that's right. That's right. I mean, what are we going to do, you know, as, as voters? What kind of slate do we have? Do we just say, I don't like it, I don't like this whole new system, therefore I'm just going to reject it by not voting? Um, uh, or am I going to sort of say, well, look, there, there seem to be some decent candidates in, in my electoral district, uh, and I do want certain things done in Hong Kong. Um, um, why not, you know, consider voting for some of those? I mean, you know... These are going to be the kind of arguments hopefully we'll see in Hong Kong uh, over, you know, the coming weeks and months. OK, um, an email here from uh, uh, Mark Pinkston writes, uh, I sincerely hope that the Democratic Party does not disband and continues to be the opposition to the establishment. We need uh, balance in the legislature. They should not have fear of reprisals for merely, merely running in the elections as their job is to scrutinise bills, which has nothing to do with the national security laws. Not to provide an opposition is a disservice to Hong Kong. Also, Fred Lee is a veteran politician and should stay on. Uh -huh. Fred, there was, a, there was talk of you resigning if the party didn't take part uh, in the elections. What, what's your own position now? Um, now, <clears throat> I have to wait for the nomination. <clears throat> Sorry, I have to wait for the nomination process. And uh, that, that, that trend is more I've been you know, longing for. And uh, so I have to see. Sorry, Fred, will you run? 
I, I run. Come on. You're I a young mean, man, Fred. I'm, Come on. <laughs> I got my senior cut one years ago. Yes, I've got. I've had mine for seven years. <laughs> but you know, it's it's very tempting, surely. No, I, 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 frankly speaking, I've been electrical for more than twenty years, and I've been hand over my my job to my uh, successor in Kowloon East. And for nine years, I've been stepped down. Uh, I don't think it, I have to go back. And uh, for sure, to rest, to to to, uh, to make everybody <coughs> comfort, because <coughs> my party members say, uh, <coughs> the reason i so eager that the, the DP should run, because I myself want to run. Mm. I don't want to let them have to see my position like this. Right. Regina, is this a new opportunity for the New People's Party? Yes, of course. We are trying to fill candidates in the not only in the geographical constituencies, but also in the you know the uh, forty member forty member uh, constituency. You know, I think many parties are uh, trying to do the same. So the the new uh, e electoral arrangement does present new opportunities to us. Right, Christine, you've written some books about uh, politics in Hong Kong. When the dust has settled from this election, do you think you have enough material for another one? <laughs> well, I think maybe an update, not necessarily a, a new book. Uh, but I, I, I do think we are going back to a time where uh, individuals uh, who do a good job in LegCo can have a great influence. Um, secondly, is the political parties themselves, I mean, if they can get elected, then they still have to deliver because this is what Beijing wants on policies. They're going to have to develop some kind of relationship with the executive side of the government. And people who, who see themselves to be in opposition, they need to understand how to play that role to get something done for Hong Kong. Um, the, the national security law uh, and the new, new electoral arrangements uh, makes it very clear uh, uh, what you can't do. Um, so I think we are seeing a time where everybody, including you know the DAB, um, who are not going to disappear anytime soon, is that they can perform. I mean, you know, Beijing has been rather obvious in saying that they've been disappointed with the establishment camp. How come you haven't been able to solve some of Hong Kong's problems? So actually, this new face is rather interesting. Um, in terms of providing an opposition, I mean, it would have to be a loyal opposition, of course. Uh, all candidates uh, uh, would have to be uh, go through background checks and be approved uh, beforehand. Uh, projections are that uh, the d democratic leaning candidates could win maybe 10 out of 90 seats in the new look LegCo. They wouldn't, you know, given those numbers, they wouldn't necessarily be able to achieve very much, or so the argument goes. Uh, Regina Yip? just not just depends on numbers but on the quality of their contributions and their interventions in LegCo as well as the influence on community. For example, before the departure of the pandemic, we were the pro establishment bloc has far more members, but we were always outmaneuvered by the pandemic because they were so good at filibustering, you know, holding things up. They were such conservative obstructionists. That even though 
we are already advisors to the government, talking about partnership with the government. You know there are already, I think, seven legal members on EXCO as advisors, you know. Um, we already have a form of coalition with the government, but we still could not break the land and housing shortage deadlock because of the filibuster. Uh, the pandemics, for reasons best known to themselves, not only objected to things like national security, national anthem, they even voted no to four tranches of anti-epidemic funds. And they prolonged discussions at every but, finance But, committee. Regina, they didn't vote against housing. They didn't vote against land production. They voted oh, they against... Did, they did. No, 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 they did. You know, even the site formation at uh, Wangzhou, Wangzhou at Yunlong, right. there was a uh, ADU, you know, led... Uh, uh, a fierce uh, filibuster, which held up the, the, the process unduly, you know. Right. Mm. So it's was, it wasn't, it wasn't so just political like, stuff like... The... Even land production efforts could be portrayed as a government business developer collusion mm. or government indigenous people collusion, you know. They well, were so they, good at it that we were outmaneuvered. So it's not just have... numbers that count. But that history, may I, may that history, that becomes history yeah. now. That is history. Yeah. Of course, that is history. Uh, no, no more filibustering in the, in, 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 the, in the coming. Let's yeah. go. I guess the filibustering days are over. Um, over. Um, yes. Everybody, uh, well, uh, please hold on. Uh, we've got to take a short break uh, for the new summer at nine o'clock. We'll be back at uh, three minutes past. Um, get in touch with us uh, on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 23388 uh, a quick uh, look at the weather. It's going to be mainly fine and hot. Top temperature around 32 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Light to moderate easterly winds. The outlook is going to be mainly fine and very hot in the next few days. Currently 29 degrees, humidity 78%. <laughs> bad because uh, many developers actually would uh, reserve cash now so uh, that I think is not too um, dangerous uh, for dangerous side uh, right now but I think uh, the overall home sales data would be key you're listening to the news on RTHK And welcome back to Backchat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And uh, this morning, for our main topic, we're talking about the future of the Democratic Party after its uh, decision yesterday that it wouldn't uh, take a vote on whether or not to stand in the uh, December elections. Uh, instead, uh, it would see if individual members wanted to come forward and put themselves forward as candidates, and then the party would... Uh, convene another meeting, uh, discuss with them and decide whether they could represent it and take part in the LegCo vote in December. Uh, we have with us uh, Fred Lee, former Democratic Party lawmaker. No, uh, we don't. Uh, sorry, Fred. Oh, sorry. I'm, uh, you, you're quite right, Mike Rouse. Uh, Mike Rouse, our <laughs> co-host this morning. <laughs> Yeah, Fred Lee's gone. Uh, he was only with us till nine o'clock. Uh, uh, Christine Lowe is still with us, I hope, former Under Secretary yeah. for the Environment and former legislator. Um, and we're also now joined uh, on the line by Lokin Hay, who's the chairman of the Democratic Party. Um, just become, b before we uh, come back to our guests, uh, a few more emails from listeners uh, to read out. Um, uh, uh, Lucky writes, uh, uh, 
Ronnie Tong was right to call for the Democratic Party to dissolve if it doesn't want to play by the new rules, but maybe it should have dissolved earlier for not promoting positive change here, having prevented Hong Kong from making progress with filibustering or excuses about rail stations with foreign immigration representation, ignoring the fact that several places have split jurisdiction ports like Switzerland, which has an airport within... With a French and a Swiss side, or having their academic pals slam the national security law and perpetuating the myth of Hong Kong lockdowns while demonstrating their ignorance and research incompetence by ignoring the multitude of British, Canadian, American uh, national security laws, or the fact that Australia is now the new. East Germany. Hmm? Not quite sure what, uh, what that means. And let us not, not forget that the okay. Democratic Party never once called on rioters to temper their violence, much less condemn it. Um, this one uh, from uh, Vic writes, uh, interesting interview on Hong Kong Today this morning. Ronnie Tong suggested that the Democratic Party should disband if they do not plan to take part in elections. At the same time, his path of democracy is still undecided whether to take part in elections. So uh, they will also disband if they do not take part in the elections, at least rename their group the wrong path to I, democracy. I think they're from, technically a, a think tank yes, rather than a political right. party. They, they, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they are a policy group, think tank rather than a political party. But um, Henry says uh, it's difficult for the Democratic Party, who had long been involved in filibustering, supporting riots, uh, LegCo bodily clashes, etc., to change its character. Its name is misleading and should be more aptly called uh, Destabilise Hong Kong Party. How the party has changed since uh, the NSL remains to be seen. Any party members participating in the election have to toe the party line, which is not known. They could not decide yesterday for this issue, which has been around for months. It shows the calibre of their leaders. Reminds me of what uh, the mainland had criticised. Uh, discussed but can't decide. Decided but can't implement. How can they contribute in any meaningful way when Hong Kong needs to catch up the two-plus years lost in riots which the Democratic Party supported? I read that the majority of Democratic Party members wanted to boycott, i.e. they don't like the political atmosphere and don't support Hong Kong and the mainland, especially in the integration process. Mike? Yes, well, we welcome to the uh, show uh, Mr Lokin Hay, the chairman of the Democratic Party. Mr Lo, good morning. Did you uh, duck the issue yesterday? Did the party members duck it, or do you think that was a sensible outcome? Well, I, I think it's a most sensible outcome because when we talk about, when we have a discussion during the uh, general meeting, I think what the, what the party members said is, is right because at this moment we don't really have somebody standing up and say uh, they, they want to go to the election. Uh, they want to represent the party to, to join the election. So um, at at this point of time, uh, my party members think it is not necessary to actually make a decision on that. So um, I think that is a very sound, uh, uh, very sensible uh, rationale. Uh, and, and at the same time, I think somebody said, uh, well, but, but we didn't open any uh, application yet. Well, would there be anyone right. who, who thinks they missed that chance? So we, we just do it. Uh, in the in the AGM that uh, then we, we try to set out a mechanism for people to enroll. So I think that is a very sensible right. outcome to me. Will you have criteria set out in advance or will you listen to the individual applicants? Well, I will 
I, I think the 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 the, the mechanism that uh, there will be some nomination. Uh, those things will 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 all be set out by the central committee. Uh, how many nominations they should get right. from the, the party members before they can actually hand in the form and hand in the application. Those things will be handled by the central committee. But afterwards, if they meet those uh, criteria, uh, then it will directly go to another. Uh, another EGM in the future. Right. How about your own position, Mr. Lowe? Will you run? Uh, I have said a, a lot of times uh, I didn't have any intention to run. Uh, any, and if I have any intention to actually run, I have been running for the last school in the past. Uh, I, I have a lot of chances, but I didn't uh, really interested in, in, in being a legislative council member. So uh, myself, I, I don't have any... Uh, intention to, to hand in that application. But you uh, don't have a problem with other members putting their hands up and saying, yes, sir, I would like to run as a Democratic Party member? Uh, I, think, I, think, I think it is it's more healthy if, they, if, if there is somebody who actually wanted to run on behalf of the Democratic Party uh, instead of having those rumours uh, being flowed in on, on media or, or being flowed right. underground. I, I think that is more healthy if those people, they, if, they, they, if they really exist, uh, they, they come out and say, yes, they want to run, and they try to convince the party members instead of, okay, everybody just set out the stage and, and everybody, uh, and, and they can just run on the stage and, and, and have all those things uh, in their way. Some people have said that if you don't put up candidates, in fact, then what's the point of the party? Maybe you should dissolve the party. Well, I think the party, uh, as a democratic party, we, of course, we focus on uh, one thing, like uh, election, but at the same time, we also focus on how we connect with the Hong Kong people, how we communicate with our community. I think those things are also important. Uh, we don't have a legislative council for almost a year, and I don't think it is impossible for us to run. And, and, and frankly speaking, a lot of uh, our party members who are not uh, uh, legislative council, they can still perform very well, no matter on, uh, on, on, on policy, advocating any policy or in the community. They, they all have their own ability to keep on serving the Hong Kong people. And that is the commitment that the Democratic Party has. We, we will serve the Hong Kong people until the very last But one. you don't have a platform to, from uh, which to do that. I think it's, it's 21st century, so we have a lot of different new platforms right. uh, to, to, to tell the people what we are thinking. Uh, of course, but if the government said, oh, if you don't have any legislative council, we don't entertain you, then the problem is on the government, it's not on me. Right. Christine, what, what yeah, do you well, make of that? Yeah. yeah, I'm just listening to Mr. Lowe. Um, uh, first of all, he's talking procedures and process, which, of course, if somebody came forward and said, I want to run, uh, the Democratic Party will no doubt be able to put that in place. But more importantly, I presume the party needs to really come to a decision whether they are going to continue to be a party that will run elections under the current system. So I think that's number one. Number two is um, Mr. Lowe talked about the effectiveness of members working in districts and on specific issues. Uh, yes, they have a way of doing that, but at a time when the political system and structure is changing, I suspect 
um, their members have to really up their game quite tremendously on the issue of policy. And then they need to decide um, where in the political landscape they want to stand. Because if they're not going to run in elections and they want to have an influence on policies, then how are they better than uh, NGOs? Now, you might say NGOs are rather particular, so they might be working only on welfare or they might only be working on the environment. But is, is the Democratic Party or other parties going to be very much better if they were looking more comprehensively about what they can do? So what I'm really trying to say is the ground is shifting. And once they get past this issue of whether they're going to stand for election, there's a whole long list of other challenges, they and other parties, and perhaps those with ambition to become politicians, to think about. Mr. Lowe, are you ready to face those challenges? Yes, of course. I, I, I totally understand what Christine has said. Uh, it's just that. Uh, uh, and that is also the reason why my party has been going through... Uh, months of discussion, uh, no matter it is uh, a kind of a, a large group discussion or it is some focus group discussion. Uh, we've, we have talked about that, uh, we have discussed about that uh, for a very long time and we, and we know this is a problem. Uh, but at the same time, I think uh, at this point of time, I think what I can say is that uh, my party members believe that it is the best interest for the party and for the party members uh, that we decided this way. So if anybody is coming to uh, join the election, if they are really interested, uh, at least they have to stand no. up and say, yes, they wanted to. Uh, and I think that is that is very normal and reasonable. And because it is a temper, uh, if anybody that uh, they wanted to join the election and they don't even come out yet, it is strange actually. So um, I think that is a very sensible decision because we're less than three months until the election, yes. aren't, aren't we? What do you think the electorate is going to make of all this? Well, I think the, the voters, uh, from, especially from the, the, the democracy camp, I believe that uh, it, it's very difficult for them to, uh, to participate in the coming election. Uh, uh, Maybe they don't have the right candidates they, they think of. Uh, maybe they are not uh, very interested in the new system. Uh, I think, to me, the, the, the participation of the Hong Kong people as a whole uh, will be less than, much less than before. So um, that is my guess. Uh, I, I try not to break any law, uh, but, but that is my guess. Okay. Uh, a couple more emails here from listeners. Uh, uh, Charles writes, um, uh, Dear Backchat, pre-1997, the sovereign country was a democratic one. Now the political year here is 2047 plus. There is little point to vote by common voters, I believe. After voting for the past 30 years, we, my family, have decided our voting path is ended since 2020. And Alan writes, uh, Backchat, the CCP wants a token opposition so they can claim they still have one country, two systems, like the National People's Congress, which ritualistically has uh, votes where a 3,000 vote in favour and one abstains, thus demonstrating democracy. Anyone who did stand must still support the government on every issue. If they don't, at any time, some bootlicker will attack them. Then police and prosecutors will rush to demonstrate their own fealty to the CCP 
MPP, and then the member will be sued for millions of dollars, forced to refund all their expenses and salaries, and be imprisoned without bail. Regina, that was Regina Ripp, who was on before nine o'clock, is now complaining about how negative the pandems were in LegCo, as she knows. This is because they were not allowed to propose any bills. The only thing they could do was temporarily de delay bad legislation. Now, even that is impossible. Um, what about that argument? If you can't um, make much of a difference as an opposition, what's the point in being involved? Uh, Lokin Hay? Christine Lowe, do you think there would be much uh, a, a positive um, achievable um, by uh, a, an opposition uh, grouping within the new LegCo, given that, that uh, as we've mentioned before, it's going to be a f relatively small number? Well, you know, life will continue in Hong Kong. And uh, again, I can hear from Mr Lowe how conscious he is of the two sides of the argument. One is we don't like the system, we reject it, therefore we will not participate. The other one is to say, well, you know, there are still going to be 7 million people here who require, uh, uh, you know, political decision-making. And having a political party, whatever its size, or having politicians that can articulate uh, uh, the needs of society or help them look forward on certain particular issues, it is useful and Hong Kong needs it. So I, I think people need to sort of see which side they're going to be on. Um, but I would certainly encourage the Democratic Party and its current members to come down on the side of doing something um, because there will be people in Hong Kong who would still like to exercise their vote uh, and get something done. Okay. And if they can represent that pool of people in Hong Kong, um, they might be pleasantly surprised that uh, there's a sizable pool that can you know, get a few of them into the legislature. Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. Uh, Christine Lowe there, former Under Secretary for Environment and a former legislator. And thank you also very much to Lokin Hay, Chairman of the Democratic Party. And before nine o'clock, we heard from Fred Lee, former Democratic Party legislator, and also Regina Ip, Executive Councillor, Lawmaker, and Chairwoman of the New People's Party. Uh, thank you all very much. Um, and for the last 10 minutes uh, of this morning's programme, uh, we're going to look uh, at another topic, uh, a very important <coughs> topic uh, for the environment.
and that is uh, management of, of plastic waste and uh, in particular uh, recycling plastic bottles. Um, we've uh, had a scheme ongoing since the start of the year involving uh, reverse uh, vending machines uh, which uh, allow people to uh, put their old um, plastic bottles uh, back into the machine and receive uh, rebates of uh, uh, 10 cents per uh, plastic bottle. Um, 60 of these machines uh, have been rolled out gradually uh, around the territory and also uh, the, well, uh, other initiatives are taking place as well including um, a public consultation and uh, a campaign entitled A Drink Without Waste. Um, with uh, um, various suggestions about uh, what more can be done. Um, we're now uh, joined on the line by um, environmentalist uh, uh, Paul Zimmerman, who's also a Southern District Councillor. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. So, Paul, you're also CEO of Designing Hong Kong, uh, should add. Um, how are we doing in terms of the uh, plastic bottle waste recycling schemes? The, um, the government completed its consultation and uh, they got overwhelming support from uh, the, those who responded were basically all in support of uh, putting up a, um, a rebate or a, a deposit scheme whereby uh, plastic bottles in the future uh, will, uh, you will have to pay a little, a little bit of money up front when you're at the shop and then you get the money back when you return the bottle. And that scheme, the government is now kind of uh, in the stage of drafting the law um, and uh, we're hoping that that will be implemented within the next two years or so. Is this the this is the producer responsibility scheme for beverage packing? This one we're talking Co about, is correct? It? Yeah, 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 and then right. separate, separately, um, government is also looking at uh, how to deal with the uh, disposable um, tableware, um, and so that there's a, that's a new consultation that's on the road, uh, oh. and that probably will be a little bit more complicated. Uh, the, uh, the number of restaurants involved is, uh, is greater than the number of drink supplies in Hong Kong. Um, three drink supplies controls for 60% of the market, but in, in restaurant business, you have thousands and thousands of restaurant operators. So I guess that will be a little bit more complicated to get everybody on board. But that really uh, tries to put a stop to uh, the styrofoam um, lunch boxes and uh, soup, uh, noodle bowls and so on. Paul, do you have to clean these bottles before you uh, hand them back? No, but please keep a cap on uh, so that they don't leak. Um, and, and this okay. is, this is uh, bottles is fantastic. Uh, you just, most people will put a cap back on. Um, it, and this puts it also uh, to the front the challenge that we have with liquid cartons because once you've punched the little hole in the liquid carton and you drink from it, um, then after that it's, you can't close it very well. So liquid cartons uh, which also have a plastic layer in them, um, right. are a bit harder to uh, to get people to return. But uh, we'll, we'll try to put about schemes there, especially schemes like where uh, parents give, uh, uh, you know wash them and then they go back with the kids to the school and then the schools help in collecting. Right, because okay. the cartons, of course, uh, contain fruit juices very often. But, often fruit juices, indeed, and teas and so on. So, right. it, it, yeah, but, but like like with most of our drinks, uh, they have uh, sugar or sugar uh, replacements in there, and it attracts uh, vermin. So, uh, yeah, no, leak, leak, and it, it's hard to clean up. So, um, th those are challenges. But yeah, please keep the cap on and uh, return the bottle. Okay. Now, one thing I've noticed because I usually do the family shopping um, 
is at supermarkets, it's now almost impossible to buy something that isn't in a plastic bottle. Um, yeah, well, plastic bottles are is the cheapest form of packaging. And if we get the materials back, we can actually recycle it and reuse the plastic material as long as we keep it as separate as possible from all other type of plastics. Uh, then we can actually reuse the material and, 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 and make another set of plastic bottles with it. Um, have, we lost the, have, have we lost the option of using other materials? They're too expensive? Well, you know, like your metal cans are, and, and Japan is very popular, uh, and you see actually shift towards metal cans. But the, uh, that it's very expensive to uh, melt them, uh, so the energy cost is very high. So right. the environmental impact of, of metal aluminum is, is, is higher. Can we melt the plastic, or what, what do we do to the plastic to recycle it? Oh, yeah, it's it? basically it's chipped and melted and then uh, reformed in... Uh, uh, mixed uh, with uh, new plastics, and then uh, bottles are made of it. So uh, good, good to see that uh, most of our drink manufacturers in Hong Kong are moving to recycled plastic uh, for their uh, bottle making. Hmm. These uh, reverse vending machines that uh, we mentioned just now, um, apparently some of them tend to fill up pretty early in the day. Yes, hmm. so the capacity of these... Um, uh, RVMs, return vending machines, is, is, is not great. Um, and if we want to cover the entire territory with uh, the adequate number, we need around 4,000 of them. Um, it's, it's very expensive. Through a scheme that we trialed last year, uh, whereby we pay five cents to cleaners who return uh, bottles in bulk, we... Um, We've been very successful in, in getting uh, plastic bottles back. Uh, we got some thousand tons of plastic beverage bottles back, about 40 million of them, in a period of 11 months. Um, and 11 and five cents doesn't sound a lot, but uh, you know when it comes to the cleaners of households, cleaners of buildings and estates and streets, um, they uh, they're able to uh, really bring them back in bulk. And uh, so for them, the incentivizing is good. It's, uh, some, it's a little bit more than what they get for a metal can. Um, and we're getting very large volumes back. And that kind of bulk return point uh, may be much more efficient than RVMs, where you have to, like, one bottle at a time, wait for the bot machine to check it and so on. Right. Um, so uh, we're promoting, uh, based on the outcomes of the pilot scheme, we're promoting bulk return points. If we have the 4,000... Uh, re re ones that reverse vending machines, I think you call them. Um, do we need them emptied more more often during the day? Well, yeah, there's machines that need to be looked after. You've got to empty them regularly during the day, so you have to have people that know how to do that, and they have to store the materials somewhere. Um, the, re the benefit of the return vending machines is that basically they can return a value on your octopus card without having a person present right. and for as long as they're not full. But right. then you're going to need a lot of them. And it's uh, the transaction for time for each bottle takes a bit of effort. Um, when we trialed our bulk return methods in uh, uh, throughout Hong Kong, uh, we found that especially in uh, in large housing estates, the volumes we're getting back from the cleaners is enormous. Um, the residents are already um, uh, very much leaving pa paper and metal separate from other ways, uh, so that uh, as at least their household on, on the floor or in the stairwell or down the building. And 
their bonds, they know that the cleaners also earn money from plastic. They also keep the plastic separate. Um, so you, you just need a little uptick in that value to make you put a positive incentive right. in. And then the system works. And then you can do without expensive machines. Um, and then you tap into the existing ways and means of, of Hong, Hong Kong recycling, which is our 400,000 cleaners that, that, um, that are really um, um, helping out with that everywhere. Anything more you'd like the government to be doing to push this along? Well, the, 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 yeah, some key issues that we now need to look at, and the Ombudsman is looking at it, um, Ombudsman is trying to deal with complaints about the unauthorised use of public space, sidewalks by recyclers and, and other people that leave stuff on the street, and, and, and government enforcement. But recycling is going to need space. Uh, think of your own kitchen. If all the waste goes in one bucket, that is basically one square foot. But if you start separating out, you need multiple square foot to keep all the materials separate. And the same is for a neighborhood. So we're going to need space. And that space is usually dynamic. In the morning, people start separating. In the afternoon, the truck comes and picks it up, and then it's gone. So we need, we need ways and means of, of, of handling that. Uh, there could be hawker store licenses, basically, where the hawker doesn't sell material, but he buys uh, recyclable material that, or shop front extensions, which are condoned or permitted, tolerated, as they're called. So we need to get we need to get some flexible space throughout the city, especially in dense neighbourhoods, where we can actually do our recycling, and and um, that is a concern right now. And, and we hope that the ombudsman takes a positive view on the use of public space by recyclers rather than a negative view, but tries to instead of ban it, tries to regulate it. Okay, well, thanks a lot for joining us on the programme uh, this morning. Uh, um, Fred, we're, we're out of time for this morning's programme. Um, that was Paul Zimmerman that uh, you were just uh, listening to, uh, Southern District Councillor and CEO of Designing Hong Kong. Um, before we go to the news summary and morning brew, a quick look at the weather. It's going to be mainly fine and hot. Top temperature will be around uh, 32 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Light to moderate easterly winds. The outlook mainly fine and very hot in the next few days. It's currently 29 degrees. Humidity 77%. Thanks very much to everyone who's taken part in the programme this morning and to our listeners. And thank you to you, Mike. I felt we were part of history. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, see you soon. Hi, my name is Carbon. I have a big belly because many building operations create carbon emissions. But green building designs such as those with energy savings, better ventilation and renewable power all help me lose weight. Hong Kong Green Building Week runs from September 25th to October 1st. Let's embrace green building and decarbonize in one step with the aim of achieving net zero by 2050. Find out more at the Hong Kong Green Building Council website. Uh, now the new summary with Todd Harding. A political analyst says the decision by the Democratic Party not to take a vote over contesting LegCo polls was a shrewd strategy. Yesterday, the party's chairman said members had decided there was no need to vote as no one was intending to run in the elections. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong said political parties should disband if they can't accept the new electoral rules that ensure only patriots stand in elections. Professor John Burns from the University of Hong Kong said the Democrats' decision showed they did accept the new rules. There's uncertainty for the offshore creditors of Evergrande today. The cash-strapped mainland property developer failed to make an 83.5 million US dollar payment on Friday 
on its offshore bond. Another $47.5 million payment is due later this week. At least two provinces have taken control of revenues from off-plan sales to ensure the money is used to complete housing projects rather than pay creditors. And projected results from the German parliamentary election show the centre-left Social Democrats are ahead of the Conservative Christian Democrats. The General Secretary of the Social Democrats, or SPD, said his party clearly had a mandate to govern. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Hello. How are you? Not too bad at all. Good morning. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me? Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning, welcome to a new week. It's The Morning Brew, I'm Phil Whelan. So we're going to get it going as usual. 10.10, weekly rugby news from Hong Kong's rugby main man. That's, of course, Robbie McRobbie. After that, our New York correspondent, Tracy Kwan, she's going to take you to the Cooper Hewitt Museum at the Smithsonian. Plus, we've got Book Club and other assorted bits as well from the Big Apple. After 11.30, we're going to meet bilingual actor, singer, composer Mika Sant, who's starring in The Bond Man this Saturday with the City Chamber Orchestra of Hong Kong. It's the story of Beethoven's battle with deafness, as told by his assistant, Ferdinand Rees, who was actually a pretty hot composer himself, but you are sort of reminded of that meme of who does the lifeguarding at the Olympics. Anyway, after 12... Two weekly chat with Bureau Chief at Large, Neil Runciman, live from Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. That's your Monday. This is the Divine Comedy, and it's called I Like. This is Radio 3. Your skirts and your blouses I like your suits, your shirts and your trousers 